Kia ora and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. It is Thursday the 16th of June and a huge morning uh, this morning because the US Federal Reserve has hiked its official cash rate, what it calls the federal funds rate, by 75 basis points to a range of 1.5 to 1.75%. It's normal for the Fed, they always do things in ranges and for comparison's sake, our Reserve Bank currently has its official cash rate at 2%. So they're just behind us and they've moved very fast. The 75 basis point rise was the biggest since 1994. So the Fed is very serious now about trying to drag inflation down. Remember, annual inflation in the United States is running at 8.6%. So the Fed has a big amount of work to do. Now, you may ask, well, what's happened to the markets? Have they uh, collapsed in a heap because of this um, very surprising and large hike in the official cash rate of the world's biggest central bank? Well, no, actually. The um, uh, S&P 500 has risen by about 1.4% this morning in the hours since the 6 o'clock New Zealand time announcement from the US Federal Reserve. And the NASDAQ, which of course is a bit more volatile, it has risen 2.5%. Now you may ask, how on earth did that happen? Well, uh, way back on Monday, the US Federal Reserve appears to have given a few nods and winks and nudges to the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg and a few others, and reporters there have written stories speculating with some information that the US Federal Reserve was going to hike by 75 basis points, not the 50 basis points that the market had expected. So you might recall over the last couple of days there's been a real sell-off in global markets which the local media finally caught up to. You'll see a lot more about it in uh, my Tuesday chorus. But that was in reaction to the leaks from the Federal Reserve to those newspapers, the Wall Street Journal in particular, to say that today's rate hike was going to be 75 basis points rather than 50. A um, excellent exercise in expectations management that a politician would be proud of. So, um, what's the, the fallout now, and where do we go to from here? Well, the background, of course, is that for the last 15 years or so, central banks, not just the US Federal Reserve, but the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, the People's Bank of China, and even our central bank, have been printing money and have forced interest rates down to 0% to try and stimulate economies and try to get inflation up. Well, for over a decade, they pretty much failed to do that. They couldn't get inflation up until, of course, COVID hit and then the Ukraine war hit. And it's almost as if all of that paper that had been piled up suddenly caught fire. And we've seen a, a surge in inflation over the last 18 months or so and much more than everyone expected. Now, the question is, will the central banks stand aside and allow these very quick tightenings to actually force the global economy into recession and more importantly wreck uh, uh, global stock markets and bond markets and the asset values of investors. Because remember we've been here before this is not our first rodeo. 
The last couple of times the US Federal Reserve tried to tighten, tried to wean people off the cheap and easy money, it eventually had to relent. Uh, Back in 2013, there was a thing called the taper tantrum. The then Federal Reserve Chair, Ben Bernanke, suggested he might start selling some of the bonds. Remember, quantitative easing is where the US Federal Reserve or any central bank invents money out of nowhere and goes into the markets and buys government bonds. In fact, the US has also bought mortgage bonds. That's designed to push down longer-term interest rates. The reverse of that, quantitative tightening, is where those bonds, which are sitting on the central bank's balance sheet, are then sold back into the market. And the uh, central bank then destroys the cash that they receive for those bonds. Effectively, it pulls liquidity, pulls cash out of the economy. And the question is, can the markets handle the truth, if you like, to paraphrase Jack Nicholson? And every time they've tried... In 2013, there was a thing called the taper tantrum. So that suggestion from Ben Bernanke that there might be quantitative tightening triggered a market sell-off and a slowdown in the economy. And before long, the Fed was back printing money and cutting interest rates. There was another attempt through 2018-19 when the Fed did put interest rates up and suggested it would start unwinding its balance sheet and eventually had to cut interest rates again. In fact, this was well before the COVID pandemic hit and the US Federal Reserve, along with many other central banks, slashed interest rates to zero again and printed madly. Now, the US Federal Reserve's big news today was its 75 basis point hike. But actually, you could argue the even bigger news was the formal start of the US Federal Reserve's quantitative tightening. Now, this isn't news. Uh, They've been warning us about this for months. But from today, the US Federal Reserve is going to be essentially selling $47.5 billion worth of bonds into the market every month. And after three months, they're going to double that rate of selling it back into the market or unwinding of quantitative tightening. Now, to give you a sense of how much that is, That is the equivalent of $1.1 trillion worth of money being sucked out of the U.S. economy and global financial markets every year. And remember, the U.S. Federal Reserve has $9 trillion worth of U.S. dollars, that is, worth of uh, bonds on its balance sheet. To give you a sense of the scale of that, that's about a third of U.S. GDP. So it's a massive amount. And remember that they've been here before and and very tentative attempts to try to uh, suck the money out uh, really unnerved everyone. And even before the start today of the quantitative tightening process, there has been real ructions in the global bond markets, uh, drying up of liquidity and fears that the Fed will only be able to do a little bit before they cause another financial crisis. So that's the US Federal Reserve. So that's the that's the we're going to see a real test now of whether the Fed will bail out investors again. Up until now, they've always been able to rely on the fact that inflation was very low. After all, central banks, that's supposed to be their main job, not effectively bailing out banks and investors whenever there's a slump in markets. And uh, we'll get to see whether the markets can really handle the truth and whether the Fed uh, comes along to the rescue again. Now, that's the Fed. What about the European Central Bank, the world's second largest central bank? 
You might recall, if you've been listening to the podcast, that last week the European Central Bank signalled a pivot away from printing money and starting to put up interest rates. So last uh, Wednesday night, uh, Thursday, the um, European Central Bank announced that from next month it was going to start increasing interest rates. Remember, their current deposit rate, their main rate, that's currently at minus 0.5%. And the European Central Bank is still printing money. It's only due to stop later on this month. So that was less than a week ago. Well, overnight, the European Central Bank's executive committee had to have an emergency meeting because the bond markets in Europe are in complete meltdown. You might remember back uh, from 2009 to 2012, there were a series of debt crises in Europe where the euro uh, was in real danger of breaking up, in part because firstly Greece and then Italy, Portugal, uh, uh, Ireland and Spain uh, were unable to uh, sell government bonds into the market because people saw a risk that those uh, uh, southern European countries were not as safe as the northern European countries in terms of bond issuance. Again, there's a problem here in that you have a single currency, but you have lots of different qualities or types of government bonds in that currency zone, unlike other currencies where a single currency has a single government and it's much easier to understand whether the currency can be trusted or not. And so what's happened is that for the last decade or so, because inflation was so low and the European Central Bank was able to keep printing and printing and printing and not have to worry about inflation, it essentially anaesthetized the European financial system and made sure that European banks, who hold a lot of these um, Southern European bonds, or used to until they sold them to the European Central Bank, the European Central Bank was able to keep things under control, particularly after the then president of the European Central Bank, Mario Draghi, uh, who's now the uh, Italian Prime Minister, said that he would do whatever it takes to keep the euro together uh, to avoid what they call fragmentation of the, the euro. And uh, so over the last couple of days, this signal about the end of money printing and rising interest rates has freaked out uh, all of those people in European bond markets. And you saw a widening of the spread between, for example, the Italian government 10-year bond yield and the German 10-year bond yield. And it's gone from under 100 basis points to nearly 250 basis points over the last couple of days. Now, 250 is seen as the threshold beyond which uh, it looks like the bond markets in Europe are in complete meltdown. And when that happens, people get very nervous about the European banks, because unlike the American and the British banks, who after the global financial crisis were reorganized, restructured, recapitalized, effectively bailed out by governments and mergers were forced through and they essentially cleaned up their act and became much stronger and safer, that wasn't the case in Europe, where there's a bunch of banks, particularly in Italy, that are very weak. They've got enormous amounts of bad debts, and they've never had the recapitalizations and the cleanouts, which give investors real confidence about them. So along with this blowout in the difference between Italian, Spanish, uh, and German uh, bond yields, you've also seen a sell-off of particularly Italian bank stocks. And uh, this freaked out the Europeans so much, in less than a week, they blinked. So 
out of this emergency meeting overnight, the European Central Bank's executive committee came out with a reassurance that they would be buying Italian and Greek and Spanish bonds from their pandemic uh, money printing facility to uh, to stop what they call fragmentation of the eurozone. So this is a full-on crisis already in the European Central Bank, and they uh, have a facility in which they can print um, a couple of hundred billion euros effectively, and we'll see more from this. So this big question of whether central banks can avoid doing what they've done in the past, which is effectively jump in to rescue banks and investors whenever there's a global financial meltdown, is being tested. So far, the US Federal Reserve is holding its nerve. The European Central Bank last night blinked and didn't hold its nerve. So um, keep an eye on this. Uh, It really is important for those people who have to think about uh, what's going to happen to asset prices and mortgage rates, because as we've seen, a rise in mortgage rates, certainly here in New Zealand since October, has come along with a fall in house prices. And last, uh, yesterday, we got from the Real Estate Institute the latest and freshest numbers on house sales and house prices. And it shows that median house prices are still falling across the country. The nationwide median price is now down 6% from the peak in November. And it's more serious in the biggest and what were the hottest markets of Auckland City and Wellington City. So you're looking at double-digit price declines in Auckland City and Auckland and Wellington City now from their respective peaks in October and November of last year. And remember, of course, October is when the uh, Reserve Bank of New Zealand started increasing interest rates. It hasn't started yet uh, a process of quantitative tightening to uh, sell $55 billion worth of government bonds back into the market, but it's certainly hiking interest rates. And on July the 13th, which is the next opportunity for our Reserve Bank to hike interest rates, it is expected to hike by 50 basis points to uh, 2.5%. In fact, that's what the economists expect. That Actually, there are some people in financial markets who now think the Reserve Bank might hike by 75 basis points, copy the Federal Reserve. We'll see. Um, my, my view on all of this is that uh, this very fast tightening of monetary policy, particularly in the United States, but in other parts of the world as well, will drive the global economy into recession pretty quickly. And we're already seeing the effects of the rise in global wholesale interest rates in the United States, where, for example, there, if you want to take out a mortgage, you don't take out a one or two or five year mortgage. You take out a 30 year mortgage, a fixed 30 year mortgage rate. Now, that's because the U.S. government effectively guarantees a lot of these mortgage backed bonds that banks issue to fund their uh, lending uh, to uh, people who are looking to buy houses. And so that 30-year mortgage rate, effectively the retail interest rate that people pay when they're buying a house, that is really important to watch. And what we've seen in the last six months is that rise from 3% to earlier uh, tonight, or early, uh, last night, uh, it's risen to 6%. It's gone from 3% to 6% in six months. And that has jammed the brakes on the American house building sector, which is a very big part of the economy. And of course, when people start to see their house prices fall, when builders see their orders dry up, 
when building materials companies suddenly can't sell um, what they need. By the way, we could do with some of the jib over here. That is a sign that the US economy, the world's largest, is headed towards some sort of recession. Most economists now think there's a high chance of a recession in the United States either later this year or early next year. And when you see um, the global economy headed for recession, it's very hard for central banks to continue hiking interest rates. Now, we may still have high inflation and in in effect a combination of a recession and high inflation, which is known as stagflation. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's very likely you'd also see a very stable and and a high uh, stock market and bond market. There is quite high chances now of a second version of a global financial crisis, particularly coming out of Europe. And when that happens, central banks will not be able to help themselves from intervening to rescue banks and to stop a a fragmentation of the euro and a breakdown in the European financial system. And the US Federal Reserve has shown repeatedly in the past that it will also help the Europeans avoid a financial and economic meltdown. This, of course, is all happening, and I haven't talked about what's happening in China, where China is continuing to stick to its zero COVID elimination strategy because they don't have elections there, and uh, that is uh, slowing things down in China, and we got some new numbers overnight showing a drop in retail sales and relatively slow growth in industrial production. Although both numbers were slightly better than expected, it shows that China's economy is still in a lot of trouble. And all of these things together, in my view, means that by the end of this year, those interest rates will not be rising quite so quickly. Now, um, the other thing to watch is, of course, that markets actually bounced this morning in the United States, uh, 2.5%, as I mentioned. And that's partly because um, the actual result wasn't a surprise, although it would have been a week ago. And also, the US Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, said the supersized rate hike this morning of 75 basis points was unusual and he didn't necessarily expect repeated amounts like that. And uh, that reassured some investors who were getting a little bit nervous about repeated 75s or even a 100 basis point hike. So um, lots of drama on uh, global financial markets and uh, with central bank action. That does affect us because it flows through to our housing market as we saw yesterday. And a slowing global economy means that our economy is slowing. And just to reinforce again why this matters, I'm not saying there's a causation here, but there's definitely a correlation between a slowing housing market and the political fortunes of the government. It's clear that around October, November, when the Reserve Bank started hiking interest rates and when house prices started falling, particularly in Auckland and Wellington, the government's poll ratings started falling at the same time, as we saw big drops in consumer confidence and big drops in the confidence in the government. So uh, this will be something everyone should watch, uh, from homeowners to potential first-home buyers to politicians. I'm Bernard Hickey. That is today's Dawn Chorus. It is Thursday the 16th of June. Thank you again to paid subscribers to The Kaka, who helped support me do this sort of work. Kaki te